everyone. This is Maria. And this is Christina. We are two good friends. And tiny housers. With different lifestyles. But the same common goal to live wholesome, nutritious, and adventurous lives. Join us for this conversation we call Real Life. Hi, Christina. Hello, Maria. (laughs) We are catching up together and catching up with you, our listeners. Sitting in the grass, playing with random pieces of grass. (laughs) near the chicken coop (laughs) (laughs) we just found a quiet space on the farm to record really quick yeah and it's a beautiful day yes we are going to share with you what's been going on in our summer since our last podcast when we talked about fermented veggies and our focus of this podcast is going to be on the process of processing processing (laughs) chickens that's right chickens and quail and ducks and turkeys yeah and the benefits of Storing up meat. Yes. Meat is so important, especially when you're allergic to eggs. Yeah. <laughs> That's a really tragic thing <laughs> that you deal with. <laughs> but you right. like quail, right? You can do quail eggs? Yeah, I just haven't because my fear gets in the way sometimes. Mm, the raw? <laughs> no, oh. of just like eating eggs yeah. and the reaction. Yeah. Well, meat's a blessing. Meat is such a blessing. <laughs> yeah. And we've definitely just went through a little bit of a food crisis or a food scare. Yeah, it's still happening. Like, not a scare, but there's still going to be a shortage. Mm-hmm. Prices are still going to be high because plants have not come back up yeah. to full capacity. So, it's still important to know this information and also have a healthy source if you don't have the capacity to raise your own. Yeah. So, I did not raise any meat animals, but my parents did. And I got to be part of that and um, process a bunch of their meat chickens, which was exciting, and stock up my freezer. What ber- what birds or animals have you guys done? This year, we've raised chickens for laying and for meat. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had several batches of ducks, our quail, and then we've processed some wild birds. I shot a goose the other day. You did? <laughs> really? Yeah. Like a... It was delicious. Wow. So it's a it's a dark red meat. Yeah, that's awesome. It's goose season right now, and this goop happened to hop into my yard. Um, it had like a broken leg. It almost Aww. looked like a birth defect, uh-huh. though. It was this year's goose, but it was full size. Okay. Or just a, a smidge smaller. That's so cool. Yeah. So we uh, put it down Wild humanely game. and ate it and wrapped it in bacon, and it was so good. Nice. I've had goose a couple times. It's good. Oh, I have to do a side tangent, too. We've been fishing a ton. Filleting is not hard. It was hard for us before, but we figured it out. Hmm. And it's so cheap. Like, it's a cheap way to eat fish. Yeah. There's a ton of fish in this area. Big fish? Big fish. Wow. Yeah. And, like, so we've been fishing mostly bass, which mm-hmm. is, it tastes like tilapia to me. Like, it's really good. Cool. And, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, we keep, like, 12 inches or bigger. Mm-hmm. Sometimes 10 inches if we're hungry. And you still get, like, if you if you catch smaller bass, like 10-inch bass or 8-inch bass, you could feed a family with four or five. Wow. That's cool. So there's my tangent for yeah. the podcast. <laughs> Other I'm sources fishing. of meat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Well, before we get into the oh, process and pigeons. Of, you had pigeons? Yeah, squab. Really? <laughs> I've had pigeon once. We made soup. Oh, see? Don't yeah, look at me like I'm weird. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. Well, we, before we dive into what does that look like, raising meat birds and processing them, 
what did, was your Labor Day like? Let's catch up on our summer. Oh yeah, holiday, end of summer. My holiday. Labor Day was full of labor. Yeah, you know you I celebrated rested. labor. You did. <laughs> I did. Good. <laughs> I did a little of both. Like I said, we've been fishing and canoeing and oh. loving that. We're working super hard, but we're mm-hmm. also playing super hard. Good. So that's awesome. Have you started homeschooling? Yes, we're on cool. week three nice and the boys are doing great Hmm. it's a breeze I think and I've been watching my other friends go through the struggle of this remote learning through the just pull your kids out of school and homeschool at this point you know it's so much easier Hmm. it's not it's not hard to homeschool and don't let the Pinterest moms intimidate you because everyone's got their own groove and I think it's a breeze Hmm. that's really cool yeah. So listeners can contact you for homeschooling. Sure. I mean, really contact Tara because <laughs> yeah, we had, we had Tara. <laughs> She's on more before. into it. Um, That's right. We our homeschool is so laid back, but my kids are learning a ton. We just grab workbooks and then we just take every opportunity we can to teach them so we'll be like out in the field getting the cows and we'll be counting in spanish you know like uno dos tres and so we just kind of have made it a lifestyle so i don't have good advice for people because i don't have like a you know like thing that i follow but i i am here to tell you if you're like me and you don't want a program like that it still works great yeah Yeah. your kids are smart yeah Yeah. it's, it's easy that's awesome I got to visit Pavel's family for Labor Day. Nice. We celebrated his dad's birthday with family, and then we went on a bike ride around Rochester, which was a blast. That sounds great. Yeah. Biker lady. Yeah. <laughs> Did you track how far it was? It was 33 miles. Holy cow! <laughs> you act like that's a bike ride around the block. I know. No, we planned it. It was, it was good. Wow. It was really fun. How did you feel afterwards? Pretty good. Yeah, we d- actually we did a My sixty hero. mile last year, so this 60? was yeah. So this was our more chill version. <laughs> was it? Is it flat in Rochester like it is in Buffalo? Um, it's got some small hills. It's not as hilly as Alfred. Okay, we're not climbing. But sixty crazy is hills. intense, and so is yeah. thirty. Sixty was a killer. I'll say that, but we survived somehow. Wow. So no, thirty was really fun, and it was a beautiful day yesterday. We thought we were gonna get rained on, and it was just uh, overcast but yeah. clear. Yeah, that would have been a perfect day for bike riding because it was cool. Mm-hmm. Like today is warm. Yeah, it's very warm today. Yeah, so it was fun. It was oh, very refreshing. That nice. Yes. Oh, awesome. So, processing animals. Yes. So not only is it more um, cost effective, which we'll talk about, but from the time that you get the animals, you are in control of what they're eating in their environment. Right. And if if anybody is interested, um, before we dive into this, there is another episode way back, um, and it's just starting a homestead that I recorded by myself in April when um, the virus first hit, and that has a little bit more, um, like, it's a general podcast. It doesn't dive as deep in, but if you're interested but don't know how to produce food and you want something, you want to just figure out what is the best option for you, I'd recommend revisiting that podcast. We'll, we'll put it in the show notes. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That was a mini-sode. Yes. Cool. So we start with chicks. Mm-hmm. We, um, at the farm, too, can be a resource for anybody looking for meat chicks. We order in very large batches from mm-hmm. a hatchery. Um, we do use the Cornish Cross. We don't use the Freedom Rangers that are commonly used in organic farming um, and it's simply because they're just more economical um, as far as the time 
to raise them from mm. chick and they do very well on our no soy feed they take about 12 weeks for me with the no soy organic feed uh, but if you were raising them on just organic feed that had soy in it it would probably only be eight weeks because um, the soy provides more protein yeah yeah so the the no soy kind of delays them a little bit my chickens are always the smallest you know um, but they they just take a couple more weeks and they forage a lot more when you put them on the no soy because they're looking for that protein in the grass. Cool. So even though they're not necessarily a foraging breed, the Cornish grass, mm-hmm. when you feed them the right stuff, they will forage. Hmm, I didn't know that. Yeah. Because my parents, they found that the birds didn't seem as interested in bugs and grass because of how they've been bred because um, they didn't buy... Um, what what was the other breeds? Some heritage oh, breeds. Oh, the Freedom Rangers. Freedom Rangers, yep. yeah. Um, so that's really cool to know that you can adjust the feed. Yeah, a you bit. can force them into foraging mm-hmm. basically. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great for them. Yeah. Yeah. So they forage grass and bugs, right? Yeah, they love it. They're mm-hmm. pecking around. Mine are very healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, I have seen people like overfeed and they get huge really fast yeah. and they're not foraging and they're not walking around and those are not healthy birds. So there's a, a good way and, and a bad way to do this mm-hmm. and it can go in both directions quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where a lot of people do the freedom rangers cause they're just more rugged, mm-hmm. but the freedom rangers can take upwards of 25 weeks wow. and that's just too long Yeah. for, um, how much you have to charge for chicken. Our chicken we sell for $7 a pound. Mm-hmm. Our cost in feed and structure, not labor at all, is three fifty a pound. Yeah, which so, labors a lot every day that care. Yeah, I mean, we don't even build in labor on the farm because it's our life. Mm-hmm. So, But if we were raising Freedom Rangers, we wouldn't make a penny yeah. at that price. Yeah, okay. So you'd have to really start early if you wanted to do that for your family, the Freedom Rangers. Yeah, the Freedom Rangers. But the Cornish Cross work great, and Mm -hmm. I think it's all about how you feed them. They're not genetically modified. You know, they're not, um, there's not anything weird. There's not mutations or anything with them. Mm -hmm. So they're just, um, they're just a weird selectively bred Hmm. breed, and they're sterile. Okay. Um, But that that's not because they're genetically modified it's because they've been selectively bred to grow very fast okay so cool so that's where you start with chickens yeah so you get the chicks we um get chicks all all summer long we start in april they have to be under a heat lamp for one to two weeks Um, they grow really fast when it's warm outside and if it's like 80 degrees or more they really only have to be under a heat lamp for a couple days okay we use heat plates um, instead of lamps, mm-hmm. which kind of act like a mother. It's it's basically like a heating pad that you would use like on your back or if you had a tummy ache. But, they huddle um, on it. They huddle under it, yeah. Okay. So we use that instead of the lamps, and there's less of a fire hazard mm. with it. Um, and then they go right out to pasture. Sometimes we even brood them on pasture with a lamp. Cool. So <clears throat> Depending on how warm it is. Yeah. Because okay. I love, I love, I don't want grass to be a foreign thing to them. So when I first started raising chicks, I kept them in for the recommended, like, three or four weeks. Um, and then they got out, and they're like, what is this grass? Because they had already formed their opinion about food. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's a real thing. Just like when you raise kids, it's better to start with veggies and stuff from the get-go. Yeah, definitely. It's easier. So we just, as soon as I can justify getting them on grass, I do. Mm-hmm. And that also gets them foraging more. Okay. So chickens need clean food and water every day. Um, that's really important. We've invested in like a really good water system. You can find them at 
local tractor supplies or um, farm supply stores. But basically, the more water it holds, the nicer it is for you mm-hmm. because it's less of that labor. So we bought a uh, five-gallon water. We have several of them. Um, and it's a stationary water. We do have the a hanging style that has, like, nipples, but those tend to leak. So we get this big jug that twists open. You fill it with water, and then you twist it back and put it in. And then every day you just go and make sure the bottom tray is empty. You, like, slosh water out of it, basically. Mm-hmm. And then for um, feeders, there's a lot of different options. That you can get really resourceful. Your parents actually built a great coop. Yeah. Um, and they had hanging PVC pipes that they cut in half. Mm-hmm. It was more economical. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was. Um, I think something like that wouldn't cost more than $5. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a great way. Some people use dishes. We've used dishes in the past, but they do make a mess. Okay. So um, hanging them. Hanging them is really them. nice. Yeah. And we have, like, old chicken hanging trays that somebody dug out of a barn. But it's very similar to the PVC style. Okay. Um, and that works great. And and you can also add whey to your feed to make, like, a mash. Um, and you can put grit. You want to put grit in the chicken's uh, tractor, if especially if they're on pasture only. Because mm-hmm. there's not a lot of grit in, in the pasture naturally. Like, grit is like gravel from the driveway or from the side of the road. Mm-hmm. And that helps their digestion. Yeah. Yeah, they need it for their crop. Um, sand is great. They do sell grit bags if you're in the city. Um, they do sell grit bags at Tractor Supply or other feed stores. But they're like $10 a bag. So if you can find it in, from your driveway. It's better. <laughs> it's a better option. Sure. Um, yeah, and so they definitely need clean food and water every day, and then you move them to a new patch if they're in a movable tractor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's pretty simple. It takes like 15 minutes per coop for us per on day. a daily, mm-hmm. and we just always monitor them. And we we like this time of year to feed them like um, tomatoes that are rotten on the bottom or, you know, different food scraps. They mm-hmm. get a lot of garden scraps. Mm-hmm. So, and it's the same for like quail. Uh, they need to be fed a higher protein, but the same, they, they need clean food and water and to be moved, and our ducks as well. Okay. But our ducks, we actually free range, so we don't have to move them. And they just eat a lot more from the ground. Man, ducks forage. If you want something that forages really well, we wouldn't really have to feed the ducks. Cool. Yeah, they just, they eat grass, they eat slugs, and they don't destroy gardens. So hmm. you can put them right in a high tunnel or a garden. Wow. And they won't get into the plants. They'll just eat all the bugs off of them. That's awesome. Yeah, so, so if, if you, you have, have a pest land, issue, okay. that's like ducks are great nice. to introduce. Do they make things muddy or not so much? People say that. Last year, my husband blamed the ducks for like it, us having puddles around uh-huh. the yard, but it was super wet. Yeah. This year's been like moderately dry. We've had enough rain, so okay. it's not a drought year, but there hasn't been any puddles from them or anything. Cool. And I've had 48 ducks this year. Oh my God. So way more. Like last year, I only had four, and he yeah. was like, the whole yard is muddy from the ducks. That's hilarious. But I'm pretty sure it wasn't the ducks. Yeah. It was the season. <laughs> yeah. Cool. And then just turkeys, one last thing. Yeah, so turkeys, we've done the heritage breed and the broad-breasted whites. The heritage are beautiful, but they take forever. Okay. They take like six to eight months on the no-soy feed. Wow. So, and um, if you do the broad-breasted, they're like four to six months, um, and they finish pretty nice. And, uh, they, they, I mean, they're just a nice big meal. I still think if you're looking for the most economical for your for food, mm-hmm. it's, the Cornish Cross are the best as far as like 
time versus how much meat you get Mm -hmm. because a turkey might weigh 12 to 20 pounds um in six months and uh chicken in eight weeks eight to 12 weeks is gonna weigh four to six pounds okay so i think megan just had her biggest chicken was six pounds ten ounces from eight weeks that's great so that's a big chicken (laughs) yeah and uh you know if you can't find a a source or if you're not able to raise meat you want to ask these questions and be knowledgeable when you're talking to farmers Mm -hmm. you always want your poultry raised on pasture Mm -hmm. Um, it's definitely a seasonal thing you don't want to buy fresh chicken in the winter yeah because then it's just in a barn somewhere and in my opinion it's it's not going to taste as good not going to be as nourishing yeah it's really better to buy frozen um properly raised chicken than fresh in the winter like you said yeah, definitely. Do you know um, the benefits of a, a chicken raised on pasture? Is it like grass-fed beef where it's higher in the omega-3 and 6 ratio? Definitely. And it's going to have more vitamin D content mm. in the meat, which is really cool. Vitamin D, um, it's best to get it from the sun, but secondarily we get it from our animal foods. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. So and, um, vitamin D is a fat-soluble vitamin. So... God designed it to be in foods that have a good quality fat. So um, chicken and beef, they have some fat on it, and those animals are absorbing vitamin D from the sun, and then we get to eat it through when we eat them. <laughs> so, yeah, it's going to have more fat-soluble vitamins in it as well as the omega-3s that you mentioned. I'm curious, um, should we be eating equal parts white meat, like poultry to red meat? Should it, there, what's that ratio look like for um, you? It doesn't necessarily have to be equal, but I think that on a weekly basis, you should be getting a variety if okay. possible. I understand when, you know, someone primarily, you know, hunts in venison and that's their main source of meat. But Ideally, you're getting a variety of chicken, or white meat, red meat, some fish in your diet. Um, that's going to be like the same rule with veggies. Get like a rainbow of colors because there are different nutrients per animal. Um, so great question. Yeah, think yeah, variety cool. as much as possible. So um, New York State actually allows you to process poultry on the farm for resale um up to a thousand chickens oh so um we process our own here and if this is something you don't want to hear i'd recommend skipping your next (laughs) 30 seconds to a minute Mm -hmm. but i'm going to go through the process for you i know there's a lot of youtube videos but this is just an introduction on how we humanely process our birds Mm -hmm. um so on around eight to ten weeks we'll weigh them and see if they're big enough or sometimes you can just feel and tell Um, And then we'll gather them up and thank them for their lives. Uh, Usually Megan does the initial. um, We slit the carotid artery in the Mm -hmm. throat um, and then drain that out. You want the meat to be fully drained. And that is actually a kosher way of of processing too. I mean the the blood to drain. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we have uh, this setup, this assembly line setup where we have a scalder and a plucker and then the processing sink or tables uh, with the water. And so we'll scald the bird for um, about 15 to 30 seconds, depending on what type of bird we're doing. Ducks are upwards of a minute. Ducks take a lot longer. And then you um, put it in the plucker. And you can pluck by hand at that point too. 
and the I, I can't remember the temperature of the scalding water but like I said there's a lot of YouTube videos on this too so then you'll pluck by hand and uh, or put them in a plucker and then you um, will gut the animal and uh, like hose it down make sure it's really clean and then you can either piece it out and have um, what I like to do is I like to piece it by breast thighs legs and wings and then and carcass and feet so then I put my carcasses and feet to the side for bone broth mm -hmm. I process the wings into bags and then thighs drumsticks separately and I can the breast okay how did you do yours well it was very similar we there was one method I can't remember the name of it but you would cut it from the neck down to the tail okay that's spatchcocking yes spatchcocking and then you can open the bird up yeah and cook it that way um, um so when we did that we had the backs and the necks that we could keep for um, broths and different soups just like you you keep the carcass yeah um and then I did the same thing where I separated the wings and different stuff because that's so fun to like pull out yes. our own chicken wings and then I kept some birds whole to make a yummy um, roasted chicken so I didn't do any canning um, but I wanted to mention how much, like, Tara, your sister-in-law, has been getting into this. Um, she's done canning, and then she, like, did, did she tell you about her, like, broth packs? Yes. So she sticks everything for one batch of broth into a bag. Yeah, Megan does that and sells it at the oh, farm cool. store. Oh, So you have broth packs yes, here. Yes, we have broth packs. So yes. it's the wings, the necks, and the carcass. Okay. Together to have just for broth. Okay. And you can also put feet in there. Mm -hmm. So that can be new for a lot of people. It's very traditional, though. A lot of cultures use chicken feet. It's not something new and gross. It's just something that's probably new to your family, so you have to get used to it. It was hard for me at first. It definitely turned me off to yeah. see chick um, chicken Yeah, but the quality feet. of the broth, that's what so won me over because it was yeah. really creepy. And I, like, I still can't do the heads. Yeah. Some people use heads for mm -hmm. the broth, and I just, it's too much for me. Yeah. So, but I do, I definitely love the chicken mm -hmm. feet, and um, the broth is, like, so nutrient-dense and so flavorful. Mm -hmm. And my broth is literally, like, gel. Like, I made soup this week. And the whole soup is a blob of gel, yeah. which is like, you know, it's just so rich in yeah. collagen. Yes. So the collagen that um, those feet produce or the collagen's in there and it's being extracted into the broth, it's full of proteins, including glycine, that are so healing to your digestive system. They're superfoods for your hair, your skin, your nails. Um, so I highly recommend them for, for anyone to get those feet in there. You can do it with soup bones, but the feet are, are awesome in adding extra collagen. So, yeah. Yeah. That's something if good. you're up to something new. Definitely. Yes. We love, we love chicken feet. Mm -hmm. And that's where with the scalding process, they're getting clean. Mm -hmm. And if you have access to a commercial plucker or something that works um, like that, it gets the feet so clean that they don't look like feet. Yeah. Like I definitely. was getting my friend's feet from like their meat birds all last summer and stuff. And like, cause we only did 30 last mm -hmm. summer and, uh, you had to clean them more. Yeah. And even when I had them processed by a neighbor, they, they weren't clean, Okay, but this time around we've just thrown them in the plucker and it takes the skin right off and okay. cleans them good. Yeah. That's so, nice. 
Yeah, yeah it's, it's great. So there's a million ways to preserve it. Mm-hmm. I do the half canning and half freezing so that I have space in my freezer. Yeah, because um, your freezer fills up fast. So fast. Yep. And it just is great for a quick meal. I love the canned chicken breast for making mm. chicken salad or mm-hmm. a quick batch of chicken noodle soup. It's nice and tender from the yeah. canning. And sometimes if I really run low, I'll cook up those, um, the broth bones and feet ahead of time and pressure can that. It compromises a little bit the, the integrity of the nutrients in it, but um, it is, it's a way to store food mm-hmm. when you don't have that option of freezing at all. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's so many different ways. I do have to put this disclaimer out. If you do not have a pressure can or don't can mm-hmm. um, any meat at all, it, it is not safe. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people's grandmas have done it for years you know they've canned meat in a water bath and they they claim it's safe but it is not safe Mm -hmm. so definitely try to practice safe handling borrow a pressure canner if you're local i'll lend you mine with (laughs) instructions bacteria can grow if it's not yeah um, it can cause botulism which is the silent killer okay and so that won't smell off the jars will be sealed Hmm. but it will actually it's it's a vacuum for bad bacteria so wow it's definitely something to be mindful of mm-hmm. when you're processing. Okay, that's good to know. <laughs> yeah, awesome. So do you have enough meat for the year? I know you also we have, have so beef on much. the farm. Yes. We, well, we don't actually eat beef. We were joking <laughs> when we process, when we were processing because we just finished. Tara finished her chickens. Megan started hers, and I was processing my ducks. I did like 15 ducks, 35 quail, and then we started shooting pigeons in the barn well they've been eating our pig feed we feed our chickens and pigs grain and they've been eating that feed all summer so they're like these fat pigeons (laughs) which are a delicacy in france eating these this good grain yeah so what since we have the processing equipment out we called our brother-in-law joe and we said why don't you get a couple chickens and we're gonna wrap them in bacon and smoke them the pigeons yes so we did all of that on and we have all this strange meat available to us, so we don't even eat beef. Uh-huh. We love beef. We just There's so we like a variety. Yeah. The nutritionist said to have a variety during That's the That's right. Week. I did say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. It has been such a blessing for me um, to have you guys as a resource that I can buy bulk meat from. Thanks. And then now my parents doing the chickens. That's it's super really cool. cool. So I don't think you talked about that. What did mm-hmm. Your parents raised chickens for you and your sister. Yeah. Yep. And so how many did they do total? They did 200 total. Holy cow. I know. Props to them. They did 100 in two batches. Wow. So one batch of 100. Each That's time. crazy. Yeah. Yep. It was tiresome, and I think they might scale them back next year, but they learned so much through it. They blessed us kids. Wow. And really cool. I grew up, we always raised birds when I was little, but yeah, they hit it a little more hardcore this year just because of wanting to be prepared for anything that happens with um, not being able to rely on local grocery stores for meat. That's the best Christmas so, present anyone I could know. give. <laughs> yeah, and they're really interested in getting into better quality meat, so that was cool too. Really cool. Mm-hmm. Yes. Super fun. Yeah, so we would love to hear from you if you have been processing meat birds. Yes. Or if you're interested in getting into it and you have questions. And if you're interested in just, you don't have the space, but you don't mind hunting like there is a lot of um game out there there's a lot Mm -hmm. of turkeys this year that Mm -hmm. opens up october 1st the season and um turkeys wild turkeys eat amazing pigeons eat great 
wild goose like all of those things are also available can be processed the same way Mm -hmm. and if you're if you're getting them from an organic farm like or in an area that's not being farmed traditionally then they're eating great high quality food and it's free Mm -hmm. you know that's a great point that's a this a great way to get into birds this late in the season and not uh have to go through the time and effort just Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah just harvesting it cool awesome I am very thankful <laughs> for the meat that we have. Oh, yeah. The I resources. Know. Yeah. Cool. So, we look forward to hearing from you guys. Yes, we do. And we will be touching base. I have some exciting news. I don't know if I mentioned it before. Pavel and I are closing on a house in Almond. Christina's like getting all quiet. <laughs> I'm not pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're closing on not a house in yet. Almond. In October, so that's local to Alfred. So we will be moving forward with that process, and then Christine and I will be living a little closer together. I'm so excited. Yeah, it'll be great. She's going to hide quail in her shed. (laughs) Don't tell anyone. (laughs) Check out Maria in the meantime at thrivinghealthnewyork.com. You can follow all the things we're doing at the farm at sunnycovefarm.com and our new podcast, mm-hmm. the Sustainable Farm Podcast. Also, if you're local to the area and looking for a quick um, and easy way to get farm fresh whole food, we are now doing a farmer's market box all winter long. So we'll be delivering a box uh, once a month to your house full of all these great goodies, yogurt, high-quality meats, and vegetables. How fun. All through the winter, so it's like visiting a farmer's market without leaving your doorstep. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, check us out, sunnycofarm.com, for that. Awesome. Thank you, everyone, for joining. Have a great week. Bye.